Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. around the sun, we turn, and another year has begun. We turn, and you, O Lord, remain our center. You, O Lord, are steady. We can count on you. And so as our feet find their ground, our spirit finds you. May we find excitement for the days ahead. May we find gratitude. May we find the work that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let us stand and sing together.
enough, we know that we have messed up. We know that we have fallen short of God's calling for us individually and as a people. And we also know that there is no mistake, no shame, no guilt that Christ has not already met and already forgiven. And so sure of who Christ is for us and the grace that he offers to us, Let us pray together first the prayer printed in your program and then in silence. Jesus, you came to us and we rejoice. You are making the world new and still we fall short of your call for us. We gossip, we try to get ahead, we hurt those we care about and those no one cares about. Sometimes we hurt ourselves. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive the mistakes we admit in silence now. Glory be to the Father. Glory be to the Son. Glory be to the Spirit, the As it was in the beginning, it will be forever. Amen. 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 God's mercies are new every morning. God is faithful to us. So know and receive God's grace for you and Jesus, we are forgiven, which means we get to live in peace. Amen. Greetings and good morning. Happy 2023, happy new year to you all. It is truly a good thing to be here with you today. As we were praying and preparing for this morning's worship service as we do every morning over there, the one common theme that came out of all of our mouths and expectations of today was chill. Everybody's kind of just kind of chill mode, kind of just easy and kind of laid back to the point where Richard was gonna put an easy recliner up here for me, let me just lay back. (laughs) 
with an ottoman, and I said, if you find one and put it up here, I promise you, I will sit in it. I promise you that right there. So, so you know my vibe. That is my vibe right now today. I'm just kind of there, and we're just going with the flow, so to speak. So please, let's go with the flow of the Holy Spirit and see where God takes us all today. It's interesting because I was going to start off today talking about my intentions for the message, and I had this list of things that I intended. All these intentions that I have for you. I had some intentions for you after you hear the message today, and then, as the Holy Spirit does, stops me. <laughs> it's not your intentions, Charles, it's God's intentions. <laughs> so right now, the only intention I have is that God's intention, that God's will shall be done, and whatever you are supposed to get from this word, you get it and you find it, and we all live and move accordingly. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew, the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. You can find it in the back of your program. I'm going to read it. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to take a few moments this morning to share from a message entitled, What Are You Searching For? What are you searching for? I don't know about you, but when I read through this passage of scripture, there are some words and some points that really stirred within me. They agitated my emotions. They raised my curiosity. They got me thinking, I want to know more about that story. Tell me more about that line. There seems to be some gaps in there. What's really going on? And there for me were some key points that I'm going to use as a foundation for today's message. So I'm going to talk about those right now and then get further into the message as we talk today. But for instance, one of the things I recognize is the question that the wise men ask. 
Notice they don't ask, has the child been born? They don't ask, is there a child born? They ask, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Not has or is, but where? In other words, they ask the question with a certain level of certainty. They know, where is the child? So in the searching, they're searching with certainty. There's no doubt that the child is there. They're just trying to find out where. So remember that word certainty because when we talk about what we're searching for, that's going to come up again. And then I don't know exactly who they were asking the question, but apparently no one could give them the answer. And what I've discovered is we're often looking for someone to point us to Jesus and say, there's Jesus right there. Well, you want Jesus? There's Jesus right there. Oh, you want to see Jesus? Let me say, there's Jesus right there. My life, my experience, my journey has taught me there are some things I've got to find out for myself. There are some things that I have got to see for myself. There are some paths, some journeys, some roads I've got to travel myself. I've learned because someone may find Jesus in place A, I may not find Jesus there. So the question becomes, I cannot base my relationship and my finding and following of Jesus on someone else. Doesn't mean they're right and I'm wrong or vice versa. It means it's about our journey and our experience. And Herod, please know that Herod was not a fan of the Messiah. Please, please, let's just know that right now, okay, to say the least. Scripture says he was frightened. Herod was being deceptive. He, He didn't want to go pay homage. He wanted to do away with the Messiah. All Herod could see from his perspective was it was a threat to his worldly kingdom. There are times, I've learned, there are times when our spiritual awakening, times when our journey for Jesus, time as we get closer to our Savior, it can be frightening and threatening to others within our circle. And that's okay, but it doesn't have to frighten and scare us. We still remain steadfast on the journey as we search and we look for Jesus. And finally, Scripture says they were overwhelmed with joy. Overwhelmed with joy when they saw the star stop as they got closer to the Savior. When's the last time you were overwhelmed with joy? Now, when I talk about overwhelmed, I'm talking about being inundated. I'm talking about being consumed. I'm talking about uncontrollable, unspeakable joy. When is the last time you had that moment in your life? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Today marks one of those moments where people have joy. Marks one of those moments where people are on their journey. It's a milestone for some. It's a time where they reflect looking back at the previous year. They look forward with anticipation. What are we searching for? As we learn lessons from the wise men, as we talk about the certainty of our journey, as we consider who we're asking about where to find Jesus, as we encounter naysayers along our journey, and as we experience joy, I want us to consider in our search, what are we really searching for? Take a moment with me and go back to your 2022. Take a minute, just go reverse for a second. Look at the last year, the last 365 days. If you're like me, did you spend any portion of the last year searching, looking, searching for answers? 
searching for answers, those questions that stir and surface within, within us. Why did this happen to me? How could I have done that? Searching for answers that sometimes we still cannot find. Unanswered questions from 2022 that we are bringing into 23. Searching for solutions to those ever-present challenges that seem to find us when we are the most vulnerable. Those things we wish we could finally solve, but we still haven't. Maybe we spent a portion of the last year searching for ourselves. When did I lose me? How can I reconnect with myself? And oh yes, just like the wise men here, we spend time searching for Jesus. Have you had a moment in the last year where you were asking, Jesus, where are you? Lord, where are you? Where can I find you? Jesus, be my rock. I'm in need. Have you had a moment in the last year where you could be in a crowd of people yet feeling totally alone? Something is missing. Something's not here. What am I searching for? And then where did we search in the last year? I don't know about you, but I read my fair share of books. All the authors promising me where I can find Jesus. I've read every book promising me where I could find myself, find fulfillment, find joy. Oh, we take our fair share of classes, searching for answers. We search inside ourselves, spending time alone in solitude. Maybe we're searching as we're listening to our favorite music. We search as we unfold our past, revisit our childhood. We look to nature, we take walks, we climb trees, we sit along babbling brooks, all in search of something. And yes, we open our Bible, we read the scripture, we come to church, we call upon the elders. We are all searching for something. And along this journey of searching, oh, we find things, we find stuff, we might find an answer too, but it seems like it's never enough because it's not the stuff that meets our deepest needs. What are we searching for? What I came to tell you today is that when we search for Jesus, we find everything else. We can search for everything else and never find Jesus. But when we search for Jesus, we find all that we need. You need peace? Let's search for Jesus. I want love? Let's search for Jesus. I'm in need of joy in my life? Search for Jesus. If I could just get acceptance, search for Jesus. I can use some comfort. I need relief. I want contentment. I find it all when I find Jesus. Something that struck me as I was preparing for today's message, and it's kind of a little side note I put in the margins here, is that I recognize that there's a difference between searching and following. And for me, I mean, it might be common sense to you, but to me, it just struck me. It's one of those moments like, whoa, wait a minute. That's kind of deep right there. There's a difference between searching for and following. Is there consistent, here's a question I ask myself and feel free to borrow this for yourself if you like. Is there consistency, Charles, between what you're searching for and who you're following? Let me ask that again. Is there consistency between what you are searching for and who you are following? Because if I'm searching for peace in the wrong place, I may not be following Jesus. 
If I'm searching for love in the wrong space, I may not be following Jesus. If I'm searching for joy in the wrong place, I may not be following Jesus. That is so important why I consider our search to follow Jesus starts with Jesus. The wise men were following a star in search of Jesus. They followed a sign in search of a savior. The searching precedes the following. I guess my question for all of us today is, and what are we searching for? What are we following? What are we really following? So as we shift to look forward, embarking upon this new year, and for many of us, the searching will continue, and we will search diligently like the wise men, I want to offer encouragement today because just like the wise men, our searching will not and is not in vain. As we look forward, I want us to consider a few lessons. Scripture reads, when they saw that the star had dropped, they were overwhelmed with joy. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. I asked you earlier, when was the last time that you were overwhelmed with joy? And I want you to reflect, I want you to think on that. I'm going to slow down here for a second. Because there is something about joy in Jesus that go hand in hand. There's something about our proximity to our Savior that brings joy, that surfaces joy, that stirs the joy within us. How much time are we taking to seek out, to embrace, and to float and to remain in those moments of joy, unspeakable joy? What does that look like for you? When we are searching for and following Jesus, there's joy in our lives that comes just from knowing Jesus, being in proximity, being near our Savior. The joy that comes with our salvation, the joy that comes with knowing the grace and mercy of God. What I have learned, and this is me, in order for me to experience joy, I have to be vulnerable. Got to be vulnerable. And what do you mean by that, Charles? Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes when moments of joy surface, I try to control the joy. Don't, don't be too happy now. Don't, don't, get, don't get too excited now. Just, just, just come on now. Just, just don't get, just, it's going to be, enjoy it, but don't get too excited. You ever had that joy that makes you cry? You know what I'm talking about? That, that joy, tears of joy, I think is the language that we use for that right there. That, those moments of joy, we sometimes try to contain it and try to stop it. It's like this rushing flow coming over us. And I don't know about you, but I can stop it. Oh, no, nope, we ain't doing that. No, nope, we ain't we, doing we're not doing that. What am I afraid of? To let that joy just come out. Sometimes we have to have that joy of the child at Christmas time. Some of you know this happened last week. The child and the grandchild, a child opening that present and the screaming and the yelling and the throwing of the gifts, the, the joy of a child. Some of us had that in our homes in the past week. I believe God wants to see that kind of joy in us as we get closer to Jesus. That uncontrollable joy that just overwhelms us. Let's not run from it. Let's receive it. Let's seek it out. Let's find that joy. Now, let me tell you why joy is important to me. And maybe you might want to consider this. I believe that we all could use a little bit more joy in our lives. I don't know about you, but in the course of daily living, you don't see much joy unless you look for it. And it's there. Joy is not our default mode. It's just not. But I wonder what happens if joy becomes our default mode. I wonder if we go in seeking joy, looking for joy, bringing joy. We are joy. 
Let us be overwhelmed with the joy that comes in following Jesus. And then the other lesson we can learn comes from verse 11. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's three things that the wise men did that I want us to consider moving into 2023. Three things they did that perhaps can help us as we search and as we follow Jesus. They knelt, they worshiped, and they were open. Scripture, I didn't make this up. They knelt down, they knelt down. When's the last time you knelt down? For those that are able, when's the last time you got on your knees? When I was a little kid, at bedtime, we would kneel down at the side of the bed. Anybody identify with that? We would kneel down. Now I lay me down to sleep. And we would say our prayer. And as my brothers and sister came, we would all line up together, <laughs> like a little line, all of the bed, kneeling down and praying. Now as a child, I never asked why we had to kneel, kneel down. I never asked. I just, it was a thing. We just knelt down. But somewhere along my journey, I stopped kneeling. I can't tell you exactly when it happened. But at some point, I stopped kneeling. And it wasn't because my knees cracked, though they do, but that wasn't it. <laughs> but at some point, I stopped kneeling. And I can still kneel. They knelt down. What is kneeling? Kneeling is a position of humility and submission, bowing down. When is the last time that we knelt before our Savior? What does that look like? And even if we don't physically get on our knees, do we kneel in our spirit? Do we come humbly? I believe as we search and follow Jesus in the next year that we need more kneeling in our lives. I don't know about you, but I know I do. I need more moments of kneeling in my life, reminding myself of the position that I have in my life when it comes to my relationship with God and our Savior Jesus. The kneeling is a humble reminder of, here's where I am in relationship. And then scripture says, they paid homage, they worshiped, they gave respect. What do we do to really show Jesus that we worship Jesus? Our words, our actions, our behaviors, our decisions, not just on Sunday morning, do we live a life of worship? What does that look like for you to live a life of worship? I, I, I don't know, I dare not give you the answer to that question, but I will ask you to consider it. What does a life of worship look like for me? How am I paying homage to Jesus the King? I'm kneeling and I'm worshiping. And the last point, the last lesson we can learn before I sit down, which for me was just mind-blowing, Scripture says, they opened their treasure chest and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They opened and offered what they had. See, part of the searching and following of Jesus requires an opening and an offering of self. An opening and an offering of self. An open mind. An open heart, open arms. We open our homes. We open our resources when we give. 
There's a position of opening and offering that comes with the searching and following of Jesus. I ask you today, could it make a difference in our lives if we spent a little bit more time kneeling, if we lived a life of worship, and if we were open and offering in our stance with Jesus? Could that make a difference? As we move forward, there are a lot of lessons that we can learn. But I believe if we kneel, if we worship, if we open an offer, what are we searching for? We'll find Jesus. Of all the trends we can follow, of all the things we can do, of all the things we can search for, nothing else matters if we don't follow and find Jesus along the way. Family, let's spend some time kneeling. Let's spend some time worshiping. And let's spend some time opening an offering and see if we find what we're searching for. Thanks be to God. Sometimes a life feels like a broken roller coaster, a thousand useless moving parts. Sometimes you spend your nights Too scared of getting closer Hiding out in the backseat of your car You tell yourself it's raining The clouds are in your head You tell yourself it's better To jump before you fall again before you lose it all again Look up, do you see the sunlight? Look up, the flowers in your head Hold on, cause somebody loves you You know the trouble's gonna be there Don't let it bring it to your knees, yeah Look up Mondays aren't always bright Some days you lose the fight Life can be beautiful if you let it be Tomorrow keeps haunting you With all kinds of mysteries A blank page for your poetry if you let it be So don't tell yourself it's raining The clouds are in your head you tell yourself it's better To jump before you fall again Before you lose it all again Look up, do you see the sunlight? Look up, the flowers in your head Hold on, cause somebody loves you Trouble's always gonna be there Don't let it bring it to your knees Yeah, look up Sometimes your life feels like 
a broken roller coaster, a thousand useless moving parts. But guess what? Look up, do you see the sunlight? Look up, there's flowers in your hair. Hold on, cause somebody loves you. Your trouble's always gonna be there. Don't let it take it till you need Let us pray. Like the wise men, we search for you, Jesus. We search for you in the world, in our routines of work and play and household chores. We search for you in each other. We search and we find you in scripture. You model the way for us to follow you. You call us to tend to the poor and to the widow and to the orphan. You open our eyes to see each other as you see us. You invite us to follow you and following is something we must practice every day. We pray, O oh Lord, for those who are hurting, whether visible to us or not. We pray for those who are going through chemo and for those who wait patiently in waiting rooms and ICUs to know what comes next. We pray for your children who are grieving the loss of a father, a spouse, a friend, a child. We pray for our leaders, O oh Lord, may you guide them with your wisdom. And may we as leaders in our own lives point others to you through our acts of love and compassion. Hear us, O oh Lord, as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now is the time we affirm what we believe using these words of a very ancient creed. We search for Jesus in these words together. And what I mean by that is you don't have to agree with or believe every part of this creed to say it. The purpose is to carry the faith. And so it's actually really good if you get curious about a part of it, that curiosity will aid you in your search for Jesus. So I invite you to stand now and to read with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. Beloved, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
standing on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go standing on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born while shepherds keep their watch over silent flocks by night behold searching not be in vain. May we find Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. Let the church say amen. 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 Go in peace. Much love. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.